0: Kimberly here. This is Macabish, cults, classics, and horrors. We're talking films, series, books, and life, and we're starting right now. Like
1: that's that's <laughs> awesome. what it needs to be,
2: right? Uh, the Aliens have to be involved, <laughs> because <laughs> to me, when I was a kid, going to the movies was a way to get out. I did not i didn't have a terrible childhood by any stretch i'm not trying to be like that guy who like everything was the worst it was quite great uh my mom took great care of me i did not know uh for instance that we were not rich people <laughs> we were we were living in detroit when i was like super young uh we moved we moved away from there when i was uh, 10 or 11 and it was it, was, it got better but when i was a little tiny baby we were not in the greatest situation that does not mean that it was the worst and everything was the worst it wasn't But it wasn't the best either. And I had no idea. I had no idea 98% because my mom did a great job of keeping everything together and making everything cool. But the other 2% was because anytime I wasn't like going to school or eating a cool, you know, peanut butter and jelly sandwich, I was watching movies and TV. And you don't, it doesn't matter if you're watching movies and TV. Everything's great. The whole world's great. Everything's cool. The shredder's coming. <laughs> Kane, Kane is in a robot body now. Holy shit! Like <laughs> I, Predator. What is it? He's in town with a few days to kill. It's Predator two, everybody. <laughs> King Williams in the alley. It's gonna be the best. I, I just, to me, movies are a place where you go. They're not a, a thing that you do or, or, or a, a piece of art that you watch. They're a place you go. A yes. place you go to get away. The Maltese Falcon is a world unlike any world that's ever existed, and it will never exist again. You go to the Maltese Falcon. I'm gonna go on vacation to the Maltese Falcon today. I'm gonna go on vacation to Time Code. I'm watching Time Code the 985th time today. Let's watch it again. <laughs> uh, I'm yeah, gonna you know, those characters. Go ahead.
3: I never I never put put a lot of thought into to why I love movies. I just do. And it's it's the experience. Don Don and I often will refer to uh movie theater as our church.
1: Yeah. Um just nice.
3: And you know, after after the the pandemic and having to be away from it uh, for so long and then like now it's like do I want to go back? And then anytime I do, I sit in that seat in the theater. We always sit in the same seat in the same spot. You got to pick your spot for movie watching. You sit there and the lights go down and the movie starts. You're like, yes, I do want to be here. This is the thing. It's just, it, it, it just hit me, grabbed me and never let me go. And I just love movies because I love movies. That's, that's my thing. That was my rant. I did a rant Don. isn't that fun?
2: <laughs> your, your rant was 1 800th the size of my rant. <laughs>
3: And
0: it was
2: only one of
3: them.
0: <laughs> How did y'all meet? Was it on the movie or were you friends before?
3: Hey, we met, know? we met when I auditioned for motivational growth. Yeah. Um, oh, okay. And it was, uh, it was fun. Um, I, I had, I had made the decision that I was going to quit acting because in, in Chicago you can perform every night of the year and still have to have a full-time job and maybe a part-time job on the side. Like mm-hmm. it's a lot of opportunity and not a lot of money. So yeah. I was, I was doing a lot and I was getting tired and I had three jobs uh, and I was offered a job selling supplemental life insurance. I was like, I think I want to do it. I I think, I think I can quit acting now and just, and just be this guy. Um, And, and then I got the sides for motivational growth and, and the invitation to audition and I read them and it was a scene between Ian and the mold. And it was uh, the, the toilet monologue. Mm. He's on the toilet comparing (laughs) <laughs> life to shit and uh right. I was like I, well I gotta go right like I, got, I gotta go at least meet these people and uh and the, the more the more of the script I got to see because I had I I had a bunch of callbacks um mm-hmm. and the more I got to see the more I was like well even if I don't get this part I'm 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 gonna watch this movie this this is like it's like it was tailor-made for me like, I was like sucked oh, yeah. in by the material um but at that first audition uh Don was like um, what do you want to do first, the, the the monologue or the scene? I was like, you know what? I hate monologues. Let's do the monologue first. Get it out of the way. Because I this was the least nervous I'd ever been in an audition because I already made up my mind to quit. So I just went in to have a good time.
1: Mm-hmm. And
3: uh, I was like, I'll do the monologue. And he said, all right, you can grab a chair. That can be your, your toilet. And I said, do you want me to drop my pants? And oh. and he, he looked over at his producer <laughs> back at me and he goes, No. No, that's fine. You don't just—it's it, okay. So it, we, we do the thing, then we do the scene, and then uh, it felt great. I had a good time. I went home, and I got a call back, and I got another call back, and another call back. <laughs> it kept bringing me in, um, and twice he had somebody else read for Ian, um, and I read the mold. But the the, <laughs> the the one of those guys was really good. He was more of a theater actor, but he was incredible. And I was like, oh man, and we're going through this whole process. And at one point, I was on the phone with Don and I said, when do you, when do you think you're going to make a decision on this thing? Uh, and he said, oh, I cast you when you asked me if, if I wanted you to drop your pants. Uh, I, just, I, just, I didn't tell you because I wanted you to bring it for all the callbacks because I want other people to, like, match your energy. I was like, oh, okay. And that was, that was the story of how I got cast and met my best friend, Don.
2: What's the next project? Ooh, okay. Uh we're currently working on performance capture for a series of projects that we're not really allowed to talk about. Oh. Okay. Um, yeah <laughs> I can tell you that one of them has been announced. You probably heard about it. Um it's it's in the game space. It's mm. not a game, it's a piece of media, it's a new new style piece of media in the game space. And another one's gonna be announced, I think, in June. Oh okay. uh, we're doing a total of three of these, so we're we're doing performance capture for that. Uh Adrian and I, uh and Ailey, our other company owner, Amigos company owner owner uh and i'm also the cinematic director for one of those uh, but again not announced so i can't really talk too much about it um we're currently pitching a couple movies we have got meetings and stuff all set up we are dovetailing some of the previous work that we've done into uh to some cool potentials i just sucks you asked me what we're doing i can't tell you about it <laughs> <laughs> i'm trying to think like, what can i say what can i say i <laughs> can't say anything um we, we we obviously are responsible for the um the last six years of devolver digital's uh yearly e3 press conference things you should go check those things out if you want to see kind of what we do Mm -hmm. uh in the game space we uh to keep the doors open we do live action and in-game media for for game stuff um (laughs) i kind of fell into that after motivational growth because motivational growth has some video gaming stuff and lots of people like the video gaming kind of angle and i remember some company coming to me and saying hey can you do a live action commercial for us i'm like yeah man i spent all my money on a movie and i'm broke so (laughs) yes i will definitely do your commercial uh so we did it and then it it like got all this news because i didn't you know i didn't know how to make a commercial i know how to make a movie so i made a little tiny movie and uh then we kind of fell into a space where that's what we do is make these little movies Uh, we don't make traditional like two guys on a couch playing a game like sunday 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 let's play a game we don't do that we make we take the, the world of the game and we like build it out we've done like i said live action in-game stuff uh we did the, the 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 video series that went along with the soma release for the game soma uh adrian's in that that's good cool. yes. uh but we did uh, so we do a lot of live action uh game related stuff but that's not all we do it, it's just the thing that keeps the lights on um we are a feature film company uh so we are definitely trying to get these features off but like i said we're in we're in, we're in a pitch cycle for a couple of features that if anything comes out, I'll ping you. We'll be like, let's talk Shit. about it. Nice. Uh, if anything, like, if, if we can talk about anything. But you've heard of the performance capture stuff we're doing. We just can't tell you what it is. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> I know you've heard of it because, you know, I saw the announcement happen. Everybody's like, oh, my God. Whatever. Uh, awesome. So, yeah, we're doing that. And that's pretty cool. Uh, Adrian's not only a, a associate producer on uh, those projects, but he's also a voice. Yeah, like an actor, and and he does both body capture and voice capture. I'm one of the voices, that's cool. but that's because I know the director. So <laughs> <laughs> nepotism.
0: <laughs> well, Carlos is a brand new filmmaker. You have any advice
2: for him? Yes. You want to hear my advice first?
1: Yes, <clears throat> sure. please. I'm sure
2: he has advice too. You're you a filmmaker as in like a, what? A writer director? Yeah. When you woke up this morning, what's was the first thing you thought about?
1: Movies. <laughs>
2: okay. Does it hurt when you're not Same. making a movie? Does it hurt when you're not making a movie? You feel it?
1: Yeah, actually, kind of, yeah.
2: Okay, because there's, there's, uh, there's, there's 100,000 other Carloses whose parents own studios. There's 100,000 yeah. other Carloses who are 23 and not 40. Uh, mm-hmm. you're, you're 40. That's hard. Uh, there's 100,000 other Carloses whose parents are rich. 100,000 other Carlos's who started out as actors and have a name made for themselves. Uh, it, is, it is the worst decision. The worst decision. When somebody says, I told my parents I was going to become an actor, and they were like, that's going to be the worst decision. Uh, and it was. Um, <laughs> the thing about an actor is you can go do stand-up. You can go do fucking, mm-hmm. you can figure something out. You can put yourself somewhere. You can go work at a country club. You can, there's, your talent can be used elsewhere. My talent is garbage anywhere but writing directing right i can't go to an accounting firm and be like i can direct like that's not gonna go anywhere it's, it's the worst and i i for the last 12 years that's all i've done so i am i am useless if the if the e- emp happens right the aliens show up if, the, if, if russia launches the whatever i'm fucked the guy who can make fire is gonna get a job the guy who can account for things is gonna get a guy the dude who can make a an engine like you work on an internal combustion engine that guy has a job me what do i do i point at stuff and i say i think <laughs> <laughs> i want the frame to be weighted this way that's not gonna work um it, it is not good it's not a good job it is a hard job go on go on mandy you know mandy.com or like production job yeah. he's like yeah, yeah go to mandy and look for a film director job go go do that see what happens yeah, you're gonna get yeah, nothing yeah. you know why sure, because everybody yeah. wants the director job there's it is not a public job you can't apply for it you don't there is no there there's a union but that union requires you to pay them a bunch of money and the only way in is that they like have a dinner with you. They know you already, you're already successful. They're not going to help you. They're going to you're going to join a cabalistic club of geniuses, which by the way, I would love to join. I'm not trying to shit on these guys, but um I it's it's the worst. Uh it, there's there's something along with um the need to do it uh that I think that if it doesn't drive you every second, if you don't feel like, I'm sorry to say this, this is my own opinion, by the way, I'm sure everybody who's accidentally made it or everybody who's, who doesn't want to be a film director and doesn't care, but wants to listen to the podcast and judge what I'm saying, you, you don't have the same experience. So we're going to, we're going to talk from different experience levels here, but uh, uh, it, it's the worst thing I think about being alive uh, having the the need to do this and having it be the most unapproachable thing um it's it's unrequited love every second it's every day it's depression it's sadness it's hurt it's heartache it's pain it's financial instability times a thousand it's living under I, I lived under a bench for a minute in in Santa Monica when i first came here in the 90s uh i've 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 had to go late on rent, I've had my car repoed. I've had all this stuff. I've also, you know, made a bunch of money. I've done I got a, I've done a gig that that paid for a whole year. I've it's so unreal. It's so unsafe and unfair and un unrelentingly atrocious. The only reason I pursue it is because I can do it. I can do nothing else. I can't imagine a world in which I want anything more than the end result of doing it on the day you're not presented with, unless you've got the money, man, unless you're one of the royalty and somebody knighted you, Prince Carlos, the filmmaker, <laughs> you're not going to fucking go to the, go to work and have everybody show up on time. Everybody has the budget is going to cover everything. Every shot is going to be a one take. Every uh, blood explosion is going to work. Every fire is going to be not dangerous. Every uh, uh, Deadpool is is gonna not hurt somebody's back. Every every piece of airline uh, cable is not gonna cost two thousand dollars. Like you're th- that doesn't exist. Not 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 unless you've you've been given even like you know Back to the Future had to like cut halfway through the making of the movie and then do twenty four hour days for sixteen days in a row. Like this is not good. It sucks. Your job is to go there and deal with the problems that that you couldn't have imagined the night before. To deal with the fact that the guy who auditioned and was perfect and was the best guy for the job and rehearsed well came in drunk because his wife left him two days earlier. So now you got to deal with that. How are you going to deal with that? You got to come in with the idea that the horse that was supposed to ride uh, the only, only horse you could afford uh, got a spur and can't fucking move now. What are you going to do now? How are you going to cut around that? Or the location decided that on the day, when everybody's there. Everybody showed up with all the stuff. They want three times the amount of money now that you're there. Uh, and you don't have that. That'll that'll eat your budget. Or the post-production company that you have your movie and went bankrupt. These are all things that have happened to me. <laughs> the post-production company that you have your movie and went bankrupt and took the movie. The 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 digital distribution platform you're on sold half of their movie thing to China and your movie is gone and you don't have rights to it anymore and people are wondering why they ordered it from Amazon and it didn't show up to their home and they're sending you personal mails and they're fucking calling your house to get their money back from a movie you have no control over like it it is an endless uh, torrent of hell and (laughs) distrust and horror and I love it and I need to do it every day. I need to get up and, and solve the problem and fix it. And I'm not, it might sound like I'm being hyperbolic. I'm not, man. I, I've said nothing outside of the range of things that have already happened. And I've only just touched on it. I've I've, I've had a producer come to me, take me to a bank and have the producer say, we need $30,000 in cash for the art department on a budget that's only $400,000, right? And this is just for a day. So I go get the cash this is weird i've never done this before but what do i know i'm not a producer i'm just a dumb film director so i get the money out of the bank and i hand it to the producer who puts it in a fucking envelope like it's a like a 1990s fucking crime movie and hands it i watch it happen she hands it to the art director who says thanks and drives away never to be seen again Mm. with the money
1: jesus (laughs) like
2: that's real. That's some shit that happens. Man, like it's it's the worst. It's not good. It's so bad. We had a for for we did a western and the the armorer couldn't make it because he was arrested the night before. And the way we got our armorer on the set is we paid his bail, which was more money than what he was going to get for his day rate. So we literally bailed him out of jail to come and shoot. Like it's 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 an endless unstopping hellscape and nobody wants to listen to you. You'll sit in front of a producer and they'll say, Who the fuck are you? And I'm saying, I'm the guy who did this. I got these 28 awards on this one movie and I got all these things and these millions of views and blah 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 blah. And then they'll say, Well why have I never heard of you? And I'm like, I don't know. You don't watch movies? Why are you asking me? I everybody like type my name on the Googles. You'll find me. Uh I had a guy tell me once that he wants some new information. He wants a new movies. He he needs he, uh, he needs new new ideas, fresh new ideas. And I send him six fresh new ideas. He's like, actually, I want something like that show Friends. And I'm like, that is not <laughs> a fresh new idea. In stark opposition, I sit in front of a producer who says, <clears throat> sorry, man, all of these things are risky. All of your ideas are risky. They're all so out there. They're so weird and out there and risky. What we're looking for is established content i'm like okay cool he's gonna tell me we need an ip from 1976 he's gonna tell me we need to do fucking teenage mutant ninja turtles that reboots reboot and he, he says he looks at me dead in the eyes this producer dead in the fucking eyes and he says we need something you know you know like a, like a stranger things i'm like you mean that totally new ip that was completely weird and out there that came out of nowhere that's what you need. <laughs> His motherfucker he just looked at eight scripts they're all that but he, but he was like he was in the moment where that had been established. It was a success and he just wanted the success and he didn't want to take a risk. It's just, it's endless. It is it is a daily hell ride. And I know I know, I want it because it's, I've never thought to not do it. Uh, I'm Sitting, making a bunch of money programming computers is 10 times worse for me individually. It's not worse for my friends who I, I have friends who are programmers. It's not worse for them. They have a house and kids and a boat and a summer home and I fucking can't. I'm <laughs> like asking my wife if it's cool. That I don't pay literally anything this month. <laughs> like, is it chill? Yeah. Uh, it's it's a hard road, man. And I think my advice to you is if, and I I mean this, this is gonna sound hyperbolic. I know I've been very expressive and loud and all over the place, but this is a this is to all every filmmaker who's listening. If one percent. If you get a 1%, I don't know if I should do this. If that happens one time, leave, stop, don't do it. You can't, you're not going to do it. It's not going to work because you're. it's it's already not going to work. It's not going to work for you, right? It's not going to work. You can't do it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Carlos. I'm sorry. <laughs> I want to tell you, you're not going to make it, bro. You're not going to make it. I know, I know uh, the survivorship bias is strong, right? I love watching T get up and get the Oscar and say dreams do come true. Right. Ask him about that five years ago. Mm-hmm. If dreams came true, they didn't come true. Right. That's the guy who was in one of the biggest movies of all time. And then he was in one of the second biggest movies of all time. And they didn't <laughs> work. He didn't work for 30 fucking years. Right. It didn't work in the way that you understand. Uh, ask Jamie Lee when she's talking about on interviews in, in the late nineties, about her career is going to shit. If dreams do come true. Um, and, and if you're like, what? But, but it did work. He got the Academy Award. Yes, he did. The one guy. There's one of them. There's one. How many human beings? Well, there are 400 million of us here in the United States, right? China's making a bigger movie industry now. They're pushing real hard. India's had a bridgeting film. The RRR just won a bunch of Oscars. Of course, it deserved it. But that film industry is better than ours uh from a from a like treatment perspective from a uh a money like like a like a cost on the dollar perspective i'm not saying the art is better i it, i think it's a different thing entirely i love bollywood movies and Hollywood movies and i'm super uh they're like so best uh but i'm just saying like the the statistical likelihood that you're gonna make it is zero it's zero i'm sorry it's it's infante- it's, it's it's femtotesimal it is so tiny that you're not going to see it and the thing that you know is the thing that's gonna like do you yeah. want kids Carlos, you want to have kids and a family? No. Okay, good, good, because you can't. Not until you've done it. <laughs> Sorry. If you want to focus on your kid, you can't focus on the the insurmountable wall that you're going to have to climb. That's going to be impossible to climb. Uh, my wife and I have talked about it several times. She's a career-minded woman. She's got an incredible career, which is the only reason I have the internet to talk to you right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I- I'm kidding, by the way. Like, like I said, we're, we're doing a bunch of work, and, and keep the, we keep the lights on. We're good. Uh, but not, we're not making movies right now. We're making game content and art stuff and stuff uh which is very good stuff i'm not gonna try yeah. it but but i'm trying to i'm talking about making making feature films uh we have every day every day adrian can back me up we have every day of the conversation uh yeah cool we paid the rent but like are we making a movie and should we keep doing this yeah uh, because we can't we can't keep paying the rent but not making movies i would rather not pay, pay the rent and make the movie than pay the rent and not make the movie and my our other business partner Ailey, she's 100% on board as well. So every day we have this conversation. We're, we have a meeting in 45 minutes in which we'll probably bring up that fucking conversation again. Like yeah. it's 100% the way the way life is. It, Carlos, it's the worst. It is the worst. You have to you have to want it, not in spite of that, because you'll never spite it. It's bigger than you. You have to want it beyond want. It has to be part of your DNA. You have to know. You have to have a, 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 a an encyclopedic knowledge of what it means to make decisions on a film. If somebody asks you a question on a film and you don't know, go home, go home. The fucking second you don't have an answer, go home. The one time, I'm not talking about 30 times or all oh, this one shoot was bad. Fuck you. If you don't know the answer on the day, go home. You're not a director. Sorry, you're a guy who wants to be a director. You're wearing the t-shirt. You're not flying the standard. You need to know. You need to do all of your homework. You need to have every fucking answer. You need to have thought of the every compositional uh, quality that you want in that frame. You want to know every line of dialogue for those characters. And this is on top of paying your rent and making sure your clothes are okay. And, and dealing with the diet program that you're on now or whatever other weird life shit you might have going on. You are God for 12 hours a day. Not a good God, not a God where everybody worships you and you're the greatest. You're responsible for the livelihood, life, artistry and success of between two and 250 people, man. And you need to respect that. You need to own that. You need to carry that. Like it's the biggest, heaviest weight because it is. Every, every single union person on that set is going to get their health insurance because your show went. That's, if, if your show cuts, they lose their hours. you got people trying to get into the union. They might, they might lose the hours. They might have lost an opportunity to go to a real job because they're on your dumb movie scre- uh, job, and they might have lost their union hours or potential union hours or whatever it ends up being to get either their benefits or getting into the union or whatever. These are you – have, you have to understand this, man. Every actor out there, their entire life can be destroyed because of what happened on your set. Not because you're good or bad or you said the right thing or the wrong thing or you were toxic or not toxic or safe or not safe or any of that shit. You could have said the wrong fucking note and it will send somebody into a fucking drug spiral. Like that's a oh. thing that exists. You're not responsible for their life, but you are responsible for what you do and say. You need to understand each of those people, everyone in your cast. You need to understand the whole thing, man. And it, it's not laissez-faire. It's not easy. And if you if you hurt, great. Hurt more. Get the fuck up earlier. If the if the if the call time is seven, you're there at fucking four in the morning. If you're sitting in the car at four in the morning, that's fine. If you're on set pacing the set at four in the morning, that's fine. But you're there at four. If the movie if the if you wrap at seven because it's a twelve hour shoot, you're there until fucking midnight. You're making sure everybody. You say goodbye to everybody. You go to everybody's table at lunch. You give them everything. And even then, dude, you're not gonna fucking make it. It doesn't. Your talent. Everybody's got talent. Everybody's their brother has got talent. Everybody. Everybody you can meet in this industry has more talent than you, dude. I'm sorry to say it. I don't even know you. I don't know how talented you are. I'm telling you just from experience. If they don't have the talent, they have more money than you. If they don't have the talent and money, they have more family members than you. If they don't have more talent, more money, and more family members, they're married to the actor who's bringing the money to the fucking project, bro. (laughs) Like, you're not. You don't want to have kids, bro. Like, their kid is famous, and now you're going to be in the thing. Like, this is... The problem is I just described as though those, those things are silos, as though those, those, those things are separate. They're not. You're up against the guy who's rich, way more talented than you, whose dad is a producer, and whose who's, uh, wife's kid is the hottest thing in town. Like you're, That's who you're up against. Like It's not, it's not going to work for you, man. It's not going to work for you. The only thing that can work for you, only, 100% only thing that can work for you is you. You need to make a movie. You're an artist, you're a painter, right? You're a you're a sculptor. You need to go do it. You need to make art, not movies. Because mm. Hollywood doesn't make movies, they make money, right? If you can find a way to dovetail that art, go make an art on your iPhone. How many movies have you made?
1: Uh, I have uh two shorts so far.
2: Two shorts? What would you shoot them on?
0: Uh, one of them was just on a Canon, the other one was on a Red.
2: Cool. You know what you need to shoot the you have it, your your phone. Go shoot a movie on a phone. Go shoot, go shoot every day. Go shoot something every day. Put a thing in your notebook that says, "What What movie did I make today? If you didn't make a movie today, go home. Stop. Yeah. Sorry, bro. You You don't have it. You You, you had You had shit to do. You had a podcast. Fuck the podcast. Go do some work. <laughs> it's the Glengarry's
0: <laughs> monologue ever. There's another guy. This out is there. amazing. There's another
2: guy out there who's better than you who's not doing the podcast. Sorry, bro. <laughs> what, what's the podcast? You know what the podcast is. Sorry, I'm not shitting on your podcast. I'm here. I love it. Uh, but I am telling you, in 40 minutes, I got a movie meeting, and after that, I'm going in to shoot, right? My day, my movie stuff's happening today. I'm on the podcast because I could, I could, I've I i I've spent 12 years making it movie enough that I can be on a podcast. What are you doing here? You're not making a movie. Go make a movie. I'm not shitting on your podcast, but a podcast is a distraction. Everything is a distraction. It's not the podcast specifically. It's literally everything. You hungry? Fuck you. Don't go do lunch. Come make, make a movie. <laughs> I'm being dead serious Robert Rodriguez says go pick up a camera Now you're a filmmaker That's from somebody who made a, a fucking uh, $4,000 movie On VHS in Mexico That somebody saw at a film festival Doing a lightning strike conversion Of the Hollywood industry From studio through the 70s mobile camera era To the 80s indie filmmaker era That is yeah. somebody who will never happen again It's not you Carlos Sorry dude You are not going to be him he he's lying to you the lightning does not strike dreams do not come true Uh, you picking up a film camera does not make you a film director sorry bro knowing quentin tarantino when he's just sold a movie for tony scott to direct makes you a filmmaker right more than picking up a camera my point is uh you're not gonna do it what you are gonna do is you're gonna make some movies Right, and those movies, if 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 marketed correctly internally, don't follow any rules, don't go to fucking letterboxed and read all their dumb shit. Every everybody who's making a dime, not on you making a movie or not not with your the, the proceeds of your your finished film, does not know. They don't know, right? I'm telling you, this is a real guy who makes money making movies. The d- if somebody tells you how to do it, you know what you need to do. You know what you need to do, Carlos. If that person is not literally directing a set when he's telling you that, fuck that guy. I'm going to go to <laughs> a set in 45 minutes. Uh, that guy doesn't know. The 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 service where they go talk to the producers for you, don't talk to those people. Uh, don't get an agent or a manager unless you're a fucking unless you can provide something for them to make money on, because that's all they care about. And that's good. That's their job is to make money for themselves through making money for you. You you get the, the off off slide of getting them the money that the higher percentage of the money that they're making themselves. Uh, that's what you, you need an agent and a manager for to make money. That's when you, when you enter that phase, but you don't need a manager. Now a manager's not going to get you gigs unless you can prove that you're going to fucking make money for that person. So go do it, go to a film festival, go to every film festival, make a movie that you like, Make a movie that, that is your vision and take that to every place you can take it. I, I was on the, the tour for motivational growth and I was in, um, uh, Arkansas. And I, I, I'm, we just finished and the flight to, uh, Ann Arbor, Michigan was canceled due to snow. And I was supposed to fly that night and then go show the movie. I was a guest of honor to show the movie, uh, So I rented a car and drove 19 hours straight. I peed in a fucking jar. I drove to that fucking theater, hopped out of the car, and presented the movie. You need to do that. You need to be there. You need to be the face. You need to love that movie. You need to push that movie everywhere. You need to put everything. Do you have a house? If you have a house, mortgage your house. Mortgage it right now. Go to the bank. Get out of the podcast. Go to the bank. Mortgage the house. Make a movie. Do you have something you can sell on eBay? Sell it all. I have two TVs, uh, video game systems, and a bed. My wife uh, has a, a better computer than I do. I got some 3D printers that I use for utility work uh, for the job I'm in right now. If I have to sell them to make the next movie, they're gone. I don't give a shit. It's gone. Sell it. Sell everything. Make the movie. It has. To, you are a human being. Remember, I, talk, I joked earlier the heat birth of the universe. Heat birth of the universe happened. Uh, a, a a catastrophic series of events has taken place since the dawn of the universe, and it's led to you, Carlos. Your entire family line led to you. What are you gonna do with it? Sit there do a podcast? No, you're gonna make a fucking movie. You're gonna get out there and make a fucking movie, right? And you're gonna fight me. I love, I love talking to Kim. She's not making a movie. Kimberly's my friend. We're gonna hang out. We're gonna do podcasts together. We to talk about fucking cool ass movies. It's gonna be cool. You, you're a fucking competitor, bro. You're, it's wrong. It's wrong minded. You're not actually a competitor. You'll never make the movie that I'll make. But you, there is a pool of money. It's not. It's 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 near infinite this pool of money, but it's not infinite. So. You got to beat me too. (laughs) Got that, (laughs) Carlos? But you know, go do it. Go do it. You're going to kill it. It's going to be great. Um, This is this is a preparatory speech. (laughs) I'm done with it. But uh, yeah, long story short, uh, it it is not the way to like have stability. Not until you make it, and and you could name the people who made it. We just saw them on the Oscars. We know the people who made it. We all know. Yeah, there's like 300 of them, but there's like, what, almost 7 billion people? So (laughs) you're not going to make it, man. Uh, (laughs) But if you heard all that and you're like, yeah, I'm going to make it, cool, go, go do it. Prove me wrong. That's what I want you to do. I want you to send me a fucking mail. I want you to send me a double fucking middle fingers selfie of you at an award ceremony. I want to see that. That's what I want. No joke. I want to be jealous of you. I want to be like, that Carlos guy from the podcast? Fuck. (laughs) i'm really not gonna make it right because the truth is um if if you're not facing that existential crisis you'll never you'll never push yourself where you need to go and again all jokes aside um on the day it is important that you are the rock you're the island every everything hinges on you and it should because you're the filmmaker when the film bombs you're going to be the one who bombs everybody else is going to go to the next shoot when it succeeds those people might win awards, but everybody's going to think it's your movie, right? So you, you're you're doing the biggest – you went to, to Vegas with your entire family li- lineages, money, and history, and you're going to put it all on eight, and you're going to roll the dice or whatever. I don't do Vegas. You're going to gamble it all. <laughs> mm. <laughs> and you just mixed like craps and roulette. I don't give a shit. <laughs> uh, my point, though, is you're, you're risking it all. And if you're not risking it all, risk it all. Find a way to risk it all. Uh, and if you're not, if you haven't found a way to risk it all, then you don't want to do it. You don't want to do it. There's a thousand reasons every day. You don't have to do, ah, my back hurts and this happened and blah, 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 whatever the fuck happens. Every time you think of that, there should be a little alien guy in your brain saying <laughs> you're a failure. You're a <laughs> failure every time, because that's the only thing that's going to get you out of bed to make movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, go make a movie. That's the answer. Go make a movie and you'll do it. Uh, I have no doubt that if you make a movie and it's good, uh, it'll go somewhere. Um, I. I'm saying this as somebody who uh, you might well. Who's this guy? This guy's nobody. I've never heard of him before. His movie's dumb. People on on TikTok of the 89 comments, seven of them, because I counted, because that's how obsessed I am, hated the movie, right? Uh, yeah, fine, great. Uh, but I, uh, I I was making like I think it was making like 289 thousand dollars a year in the and this was in the early 2000s. Uh, I cashed it all in, gave everything up, got rid of everything, uh, got a 75 percent loss on my uh 401k wrist it all put it on the the fucking put it on the mat it, i wasn't alone my family was throwing money at me and they were like bro this is the worst i'm like i know it's the worst uh and it, it worked the movie worked holy shit it worked do i feel like i did that no i don't i feel like the stars were aligned for that one movie you know what happened after that movie fucking crickets crickets bro Crickets, 28 awards. Crickets, who gives a shit? I I stood in a meeting with a guy. I'm trying to pitch this really cool movie. And the guy says to me, you know what we're looking for? We're looking for somebody like, uh..." and he names a filmmaker. That filmmaker I knew very personally because I had been to, I've been to 33 festivals. We won 28 awards in 33 festivals. I've been to probably 15 of those festivals with that guy. And in all but one case, our movie won over that guy's movie. And the guy is sitting at me. this, this, This producer is sitting across from me saying, I really need somebody like that guy. <laughs> like, what the <laughs> fuck do you want, bro? <laughs> like, it's just, here are the awards list. There's him, second place, third place. Here's me, first place. What the fuck do you want? Um, and it's because that guy's talented. The guy had a vision. The guy, he's great. He's making cool movies. Uh, it, 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 I, I made the joke about, like, you're competing against me. It's not a competition. I think that competition thing's kind of ridiculous. Um, a filmmaker, uh, w- like, that's as, 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 like saying, like, uh, put, picasso up against Besquet. like you can't they're different artists right they're doing right. different things it's not going to make any sense uh put Nicki minaj against fucking elvis presley uh nope <laughs> not gonna work bro they're in <laughs> different worlds i can't even that's put martha stewart up against daniel day lewis it's not going to make any sense <laughs> uh we're all doing different stuff so I, my dream is that i meet you and we make we make movies beside each other come together we show each other movies holy shit look at that i would never do that that's so cool uh you look at my movie and be like that's dumb i get it uh but i feel like (laughs) i feel like get the competition idea out of your mind what you're competing against is an industry that doesn't want you there's an industry that wants um that doesn't need new voices right now it needs the, the repeat of last year's successes uh, and that's good for them. They're making money. They're having houses. Every single one of them can make another Marvel movie. Uh, by the way, I love the Marvel movies. I'm not shitting on Marvel movies. Uh, I like Martin Scorsese as well. I do not agree with him about the death of cinema being in the Marvel movies. Uh, I think cinema is big enough to support both Marvel movies and not Marvel movies, man. I think cinema is a larger beast than than Quentin Tarantino thinks it is. Uh, okay. I, I don't. It's not mine. Cinema does not belong to me. Right, I'll watch. I'll watch a Quentin Tarantino movie on my phone, even though I know if he found out, well, he wouldn't give a shit because he doesn't know who the fuck I am. But uh, <laughs> you can buy motivational growth at his movie store, though. I can tell you that I went there. It exists there. You can go to his movie store and buy motivational growth. Ah, uh, anyway, yeah. Uh, to
0: be I'll fair, be- you'll be watching. You can watch something that uh, Carlos made sometime soon because he made it onto an anthology. It just made I- it to a festival.
2: I wanna see it. Send me a link. It was think, the randomest it. thing and he went for it. That's great. That's great. Carlos, see you're already making it, bro. Everything I said is garbage. Throw it away.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, no, I think I it, uh again, jokes aside, it is it's it's uh it's not it's not a good road. If if one percent of you is uncomfortable with putting it all on the line every time, um then you you need to consider something else only for your own sanity and safety uh it, it helps to have a loved one who supports you mm. but uh, it, this is also a way to burn through loved ones you <laughs> do that from personal mm. Experience uh, yeah. because no one's gonna understand um i remember my business partner for the starting of this company who is uh while still a friend not the business partner anymore um i was like why aren't you on the set why aren't you here looking at this you helped you helped start this da, 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 da. and he looks me dead in the eyes like don not everybody gives a shit about movies like you do. Not everybody <laughs> loves movies like you do. And that that statement was so. That's like saying, "Don, not everybody breathes oxygen,
1: <laughs> right?" I was like, "Wait, what?
2: How do you mean? Not everybody breathes oxygen?" I. Uh, it's important to know that your pillar. The only way you're going to make it is 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 in the delusional idea that you're good enough to do it, and that you can convince other people of that delusion. And eventually, you will sur- surround. You'll have enough money to surround yourself with such unbelievably skilled craftspeople that your your dumb vision will be incredible uh your nugget is is going to be expressed by artists who are better than you i think that's my ultimate goal i love working with artists who are ten thousand times better than me i want a set painter who's better at painting a set than i could ever be i want a dp who takes my dumb idea and says but what if we did this and i want an actor who says i hear what you're saying but i wrote a different backstory and i'm gonna roll with it uh if, if your vision can come through those people, if you can maintain that, look, dude, you're, you're piloting a ship, you're piloting a vessel. Captain Picard, Captain Kirk, Captain Janeway, uh, Captain Cisco, Captain Archer, these people, they, uh, they don't run the engine. If, if challenged, they could probably tell you how the engine works, but without their engineer, it's not going to work, man, right? Without their science officer, they can't fucking scan a nebula. They, they, they can push a button, they can read the manual, but they need to know what it takes to make all of those people work at their highest degree, to express the powers that they have, to take the incredible crew that they've got and point them in the right direction, save the day. Captain Picard does it 0% of the time. That guy's the worst captain. But <laughs> he's a great dad. He's a great character. Sorry, I don't want to get the Star Wars or Star Trek. I said Star Wars. Star Trek argument about it. Uh, he is an incredible person, and he's, he's one of the coolest guys to watch on TV, but he's like the worst Starfleet captain ever. Sorry. like He, he caused the Borg to destroy most of Starfleet. <laughs> And it became one in the third episode. He's already got people invading his ship. Captain <laughs> Jellicoe takes over his ship and is the best enter- captain of the enterprise ever. Uh, anyway, that said, uh, unpopular opinions out the window. Now everybody who's listening is going to be like, Oh, that guy, he doesn't like Picard. So like <laughs> everything he said was garbage. Uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think Voyager is the best show, but I think that from like a letter of the law perspective, Janeway is the best Starfleet captain that we've seen on TV. Um, just from like a like what Starfleet is, not not from like a, is she the coolest? She's pretty fucking cool, but the show is hot. <laughs> it's not the best. Uh, anyway, that said, you're gonna make it, man. It's gonna be great. Don't worry. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I don't know what you were expecting. Like, make sure you get the Airyflex uh, Mini. It's a good camera. Like, no. uh, if you give a shit about what your camera, is you can start worrying about your camera when you have a budget, right? Worry about your your composition. Worry about your actors. Worry about your story. Script first, script first, script first, script first. Tell a good story first. Uh, Primer is an incredible fucking movie, man. Primer is so good. It's 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 so ugly. (laughs) (laughs) The the camera's out of focus half the time because Shane Cruth fucking didn't know what he was doing and he admits it and he's super open about it and there are these cool shots that are all set up and you can't lose them because he only shot enough footage to make the movie and some of the shots are garbage but that movie is one of the best movies, man doesn't matter what, you, what your camera is. It doesn't matter, none of that. What was Alien shot on? Answer, Carlos. Go ahead, director, answer. Alien shot? Don't <laughs> no look idea. it up. You don't have any time. You have no idea. Who cares, man? Right? Who right. cares what Alien was well, shot on? Well, I only had to care on the last one because I was told I can only shoot it on 4K. <laughs> well, there you go. That's yeah. <laughs> right. If you've got constraints or whatever, roll with it. But I'm pointing out that um, good film persists. You can have the prettiest looking movie that's ever been made uh on the coolest most high-tech shit uh and it can still be the room bro i'm not saying the room was pretty but you know that was an expensive movie that didn't
0: you need a few adrians though any wisdom any wisdom at all adrian
2: yeah
3: um for for me i'm i'm more of a um uh my my true my true love is acting mm-hmm. um i'm i'm also now uh a filmmaker uh through 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 this company but um for me it's it's uh I'll give you some of the technical stuff, uh, and I'm the least technical guy. <laughs> the, be- yeah. the best advice, um, if, if if you want to know about um, uh, actually making the picture, it's going to drive Don crazy. I can't wait to hear his reaction to me talking about actually technical stuff. But um, <clears throat> make sure you're making a make sure you're making a picture. Uh, every every frame is a painting. Uh, put a lot of thought into telling the story with. The images—they're moving images. You're telling a story as a as a moving image. I, I see a lot of um, independent films and like first films and that kind of stuff. When I watch these movies, uh, it's like two heads in a box, you know? Like, hey, all right, and, and just use use the image and your 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 um, your composition uh, to feed into the actual story, not just to show characters. Tell the story with the image. That makes sense. Nice. Yeah. yeah. That make me sound like a dum
2: dum. No, that's <laughs> great. I, I, That's something I didn't actually say, and I'll throw that out there real quick. Um, I said have an encyclopedic knowledge of movies, but also have an encyclopedic knowledge of like the craft of filmmaking. It's a, mo- it's been around for like 210 years. You should learn it. You should go figure. You you should understand what the line of action is. You should understand composition, frame weighting. You should understand uh, uh, like shot priority. You should understand frame occupancy. You should understand how light works, how light doesn't work, uh, the illusion of light. And you should understand all of your your bag of tricks. You should know every single fucking film trick. You should know, you should be able to watch a movie and call every single shot. Uh, do it do a thing. When you're done watching movies and hanging out and smoking a bowl or whatever, go fucking turn on a movie you love, turn the sound off and watch it and take notes. Take notes about how the story is being told to you visually. Um. The only reason I'm saying turn the sound off is because that, that's the thing you have total control over uh, on the sound note. Once you get that picture sound, sound is 60 percent of your picture, man. The way the human brain works is it waits for sound. I don't know if you know this, but the brain. Uh, look just think about it for 10 seconds. Um, you're, you're, you have a, a pattern matching machine sitting inside of this like meat bubble. That's you. Right. And this this pattern matching machine gets input from several sources. One of the sources is a light detector. Okay, another source is uh, like a, a neural network uh, detector. So if you're you're touching your body, these these uh, you, you've got uh, nerves that that send uh, impulses all the way through your body up to your your neurons fire when, when parts of your body are touched. You got that physical sense. Then you have your your ears. Uh, your ears listen to sound. They're little, little waffly, dummy things that listen to sound. Now, if you take those three things and you put them together, sound is the slowest one. Your ears are the slowest one. You hear things. They have to, it has to move through atmosphere, which is like a, a medium. It has to move through a thick medium of atmosphere. Sound does. So um, your eyes see things at the speed of light, which is like an order of magnitude or more faster than sound. <laughs> So how is it you're seeing some shit and hearing it at the same time? You're not. You're absolutely not. It is impossible. Your brain does post-processing on everything you're doing and saying. Uh, if you take your hand, stick them in front of you and clap. That. Uh, you felt something, saw something, and heard something. And you heard them in three completely different timescales. Your brain waits. It waits for the last thing that is most referential. And it relies on sound because it's the last one. And it's basically the one that, that assures what you saw and felt happened. Okay? So sound is far more what did we make first radio or television why why did we make radio first it wasn't easier the data is the same uh it was because sound makes more sense bro uh sound is better sound is more important you are not making uh we we say you're making a picture you're not making a picture you're making a movie a movie requires sound you're making a talkie right you gotta make a talkie first your sound is way more important than your images you want to make something look when you when you when you get to doing theater stuff uh like like releasing your movie to the theaters, they're gonna start telling you about like speaker um volume limits and stuff. Uh center channel limits, right channel, back channel, all these limits. And these limits are gonna limit how, how you make well I want the explosion to be the biggest explosion. Yeah, cool, but you don't want to blow out some fucking speaker in in you know what Syracuse, New York or something. You don't want to blow out some kind of uh some indie theaters dumb speaker based system, you don't know how to explode it. You have to be within these ranges and you get all this like QC passes and all this stuff and it's going to ruin your movie unless you think about this stuff up front. You have to, if I want to punch to sound harder, but I can't go above a certain decimal, uh, I'll just move the punch two frames earlier because the brain knows that if it took X amount of time for me to see it and then hear it, it must've been really loud, right? If it takes, if it got here two frames faster than I expected, it must've been super loud because loud sounds travel faster than, uh because they're you know higher higher frequency they move faster than low sounds or soft sounds uh soft sounds dissipated it's spread out it takes longer to get to you so if you want something to sound louder move it two frames for er earlier right that's a trick it's a trick because uh you you need to know how the the brain works um sound is is so important it's 60 percent at the beginning uh, it can be 80%. It can be 90% of your picture, man. Sound is the most important thing. La Jete is just sound. It's 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 still images except for one shot that moves. It's still images and sound. Uh, that's a movie. That's a movie that Terry Gilliam wanted to remake with 12 Monkeys. That's a fucking one of the most epic movies of all time. And uh, it's it's just some pictures and sound, bro. Uh, sound is so important. So watch a movie with the sound off so you can learn your part, which is making these dumb pictures. Right. Right. Figure out the mm-hmm. language that's being told, figure out how it's being told, pay attention, take notes, understand um, shot progression, edits, learn learn the rules before you try to break the rules, uh, learn why a camera, understand that when you when you do a pan, for instance, this is something that always blows film students' minds when I talk at schools and stuff. Uh, when you pan a camera, you're not orbiting, you're not t- you're not twisting. The camera has a center point, right, that, that it's attached to the sticks, and you got your floating head, right, your pan tilt head or whatever uh you got your 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 tripod head your camera's attached to that at a center point and that center point on an expensive camera is sometimes uh right where the sensor is like you've got a if you if you've got like a studio camera it it tends to be right where the the center of the camera is the the sensor is that's that's where the you mount it to your um to your your sticks unless you have the sticks on unless you have the camera on a support system like rails or something and you slide it back or forward or whatever, when you pan, you're swinging the camera. It's a swing. It's a lateral swing. Trigonometric parallax takes place. Uh, Your eyes understand that you're actually seeing a lensed uh, light field that's passed through a 2D frame that's then converted into another 2D frame through another, you know, uh, targeting lens that then goes onto a sensor. When you see distortion and you see objects move and you see how, uh, your your bokeh is being affected, in the camera when the camera is moving, and you see the 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 blur effect at whatever frame rate you're at. Your brain will know that it's a swing. There, it's not a single point in space that orbits, right? That sensor isn't just spinning in place. So if you put a longer lens on, you're now taking a larger, like a thicker light field, and you're swinging that through the uh, the 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 capture um, process of your sensor, and you need to understand those things, man, because it's putting a camera at a, with, with a center point sensor and spinning that at 50 millimeters is going to look at 10,000 times different than in 120 millimeters. You have to understand why, right? You have to understand what that does with your picture because that's a different color. If, it's a different color paint in your for your paintbrush, right? It's it's blue blue paint when it's a 50 millimeter. It's it's, it's yellow paint when it's 85, and it's, it's red paint when it's 120. And you have to understand that if you're going to paint a picture appropriately, if you're going to tell your story, do a visual language, um, you have to understand all that stuff. Remember when I said have all the answers? You need me to tell your DP all this stuff, right? Unless it's Roger Deakins, in which case, just do what the guy says. Whatever he says, <laughs> just fucking have him do it. It's great right? Uh, if it's Wally Pfister, just say fucking, I don't know, point a camera. Make it happen, bro. Give me an Academy award. <laughs> let's go. Uh, but you need, to, you need to at least understand this stuff. You need to have a, an encyclopedic knowledge of all this stuff. And how does that happen? You You research. You read, you watch every movie, every fucking movie, the bad ones, go find the worst movies you can find. Find what makes a bad movie. Be disgusted. Want to stop. Have your legs hurt. Have your your wife or friend or best friend or girlfriend or boyfriend come over and be like, what the fuck are you doing? Can you leave your house and be there with a beard, Look like Ian from Motivational Growth, sitting there in your underwear, smelling, going, no, I got to watch 10 more movies. Get, there. <laughs> Get it all done. Figure it out. Understand. Because again, go to go head to head with Quentin Tarantino in a movie history challenge. You will lose every time you will lose. You'll lose so hard. Get, get in with Kevin Smith and talk about comic books. You're going to lose bro. Right? So you gotta, you, yeah. you gotta have it. You've got to have something that you can't just step into the ring and fight. And I'm not saying fight other filmmakers. I'm saying fight the world. You can't step into the ring and, and punch your way out of it unless you're trained. And the way you train is you watch movies. You got to watch movies to make movies. I have so many young filmmakers that I deal with because sometimes our budget levels are, are low enough that we have to get, Younger folk, the people were are either given shots to, or they're giving us a shot to see their cool ass talent. And oh. I say, hey, it's like this. It's like in Network when war, uh, when Ned Beatty's at the end of the table, and we we're gonna shoot through the. They're like, I've never seen Network. Fuck you, get <laughs> off my set. You mean you've never seen Network? <laughs> you just wrote that fucking movie. You see seen Network? That's, really? Uh, that's ridiculous. Um, you got to see movies. You have to know movies because you're not making. You might be making Carlos's dream. That's fine, but. Look at every movie you ever saw that worked. Every movie that ever, that ever made it. Every movie that ever made it. Pick one. You know, um, Mandy made it, right? But Beyond the Black Rainbow didn't. You know why? Beyond the Black Rainbow. I mean, Beyond the Black Rainbow, again, is a. it's a thing. It's a fucking thing. You watch it, you know you just watched a thing. I hate that thing, but it's definitely a fucking thing. But what it isn't is a movie, to me. Mandy is definitely a movie. It calls back to movies. It's got similar tropes. It's got similar, and it's not just being familiar and doing the same thing over and over and over again. You are on a pantheon of giants, man. You're you're climbing Mount Olympus. Respect your elders. Fucking do learn the language they're speaking and speak in that language. I think the reason you don't like Beyond the Black Rainbow and I don't like Beyond the Black Rainbow, we'll have specific things we'll talk about. But the truth is, it's not speaking the language. It's not speaking our language. Drive spoke that language. Neon Demon did not speak that language, right? Both same filmmaker, both fucking incredible filmmaker. That guy knows how to make a fucking movie. Valhalla Rising speaks that language. Neon Demon, I don't know what the fuck you're saying, bro. It's a different language. You're speaking speaking some Martian language right now. I don't know what you're saying. Uh, Watch watch a movie, watch every movie, and learn the aggregate film language. Come up with your own uh, Esperanza, right? Come up with your own multi tool language that you can speak. And come up with your, your received pronunciation, come up with your ghetto pronunciation, come up with all the different ways you can speak this fucking awesome language. And when it comes down to it, play for your audience, give them something good. Remember you are, remember I said, sound is 60% of picture that limits you. Now you're only 40%. That's great. I'm going to fuck your life up even more. You are only 50% of the movie going experience to the audience what you did and said and how you wrote it and all that time and energy and blood and sweat and hospitalizations or whatever the fuck else you had to do to make that movie come out. Uh, you're, uh, you're John Carpenter and you're fucking, you the set's burning and you're going to the hospital and you're sending, uh, Rob button via Rob Bottin, sorry, by, uh, a helicopter to a hospital because he's sick and everything's going wrong and you're on the Arctic and then you're in a studio in Burbank and all the sets melting and everything's on fire and blah, 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 blah. That movie comes out. It gets panned, man. Nobody liked the thing. Fucking everybody hated that movie. That was the worst movie I ever made to everybody at the time. <laughs> Oh hmm. uh, yeah, Siskel, Gene Siskel and Ebert, Ebert. I think it was Roger Ebert said that movie was garbage. What a what a terrible remake of a great movie. He said, hmm. yeah, cool. Except that it's the thing. Fuck you. It's great. Everybody loves that movie. It's the best movie ever, right? <laughs> right? But we know that now. But it doesn't <laughs> matter because he didn't speak to the right audience at the time, right? The audience did that picture in. Uh, there was a moment I, I saw an uh, interview with him where he said, I don't know about that movie. That movie did nothing for me, right? The John Carpenter's thing did. It did nothing for me uh it did nothing for him because his audience overruled the movie i can give you a personal experience motivational growth is not a horror movie oh my god i'm on the macabre-ish podcast the horror podcast talking about the horror movie but it's not a horror movie it's not i didn't write a horror movie i wrote a dark comedy fantasy movie i wrote something that i thought was gonna get me like bougie awards i wrote a movie where people are gonna be like no it's a in-depth look at depression it's got a little blood in it, it's got a little campiness in it, but like it's about depression, it's about serious human issues, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but no, not not true. Uh I sent it to all those festivals and they laughed at me. I, they took my 75 bucks and said, Go fuck off, go jump in a lake. Uh <laughs> I, all of a sudden I sent it to a horror festival. My producer at the time was like, Don't do that. You're gonna cheat in the movie. You can achieve in it, send it to a horror festival. I did anyway. Send it to one horror festival. They're like, We want you want a headline with this. Got Jeffrey Combs in it, let's go. I was like, okay, wait a minute, wait a minute. So then I was angry, I was pissed, fuck. These, these, I love horror movies, but this, I could have made a better horror movie if I was making a horror movie, fuck. I'm gonna send this off and they're, they're gonna hate it. They're all gonna hate it because it's not a horror movie. They're, they're gonna be like, why is this movie here? And some festivals, some horror festivals, they're like, why is this movie here? That definitely happened in like three festivals. The other ones though, I'm, I'm up there with, I'm literally on stage with Frank Lauder presenting. What the fuck, that's insane. I mean, look, I mean, with legends here, it's, it's everywhere. Everybody, Phil and else Ansel- how do you say his name, man? Phil- Anselmo. Anselmo. His love the movie, bro. It's he, he, in his horror uh, festival. So it turns out, I remember sitting there. I remember the day it happened. I was in Little Rock, Arkansas. We just got done with the festival. And I was thinking to myself, fuck, man. I think, I think I made a horror movie. <laughs> I think I fucking made a horror movie. And it's, it's like. These people are, are teaching me, right? Remember, this is my first movie. This is like a decade ago. But like, I think I made I think I made a horror movie, and I need to learn from these people what worked and what didn't work. I need to instead of being like, no, no, I made a bougie movie. I made the coolest movie ever. I'm Darren Aronofsky the third. I'm going to wear a fucking ten thousand <laughs> scarves, right? No, like that's not that's not it, bro. I made I made a horror movie. And I'm not sad or unhappy or whatever about it. I love it because I fucking love horror movies. It's one of my favorite genres. I didn't know I was making one because if I tried to make one, I would have been scared to death at the time back then. I'm super into it now, man. But remember, I was pitching a horror movie, and nobody wanted it. So I made a horror movie accidentally. And it turns out poor people love it because they're an incredible fan base. And they love what we did and they love the twists and turns and creepiness and weirdness. And it turns out horror isn't just Scream 6, right? Horror is a bunch of other stuff. By the way, Scream 6 rocks. I'm not shitting on Scream But like it turns out that that the audience knows better than you. The audience is 50% of that experience no matter what you do, no matter who you are. If you're Quentin Tarantino and the person watching the movie had a bad day the day before, then your movie might suck that day, right? It has nothing to do with you. So – Let's do some terrible math that somebody in the comments seemed. But like, that's not how math works. Um, if you're if you're forty percent of picture, and then you're only half of the audience experience, you're twenty percent now. The filmmaker, you're twenty percent of what.
0: I wouldn't say motivational growth is a horror movie, but yeah. horror fans are gonna love it.
2: Yeah, yeah. The thing is, so. I, the thing about a director, I I feel like is when you're in it, when you're in it, you're seeing. You're seeing a car being built from like the first, the the first like bore hole that goes into the engine block, right? Mm-hmm. You don't know what the body looks like. You don't know if somebody's gonna look at it and be like, oh yeah, look at the lines on that body. I'm from Detroit, so I'm doing car talk. Sorry, I apologize. But like, uh, yeah, you you don't know. You know what your end goal is, but you're never gonna hit it. Nobody's hit it. Steven Spielberg hasn't hit it. He didn't. I'm sorry. He's the greatest. And I'm not going to shit on – no one can shit on Steven Spielberg. But I, if he sat down in front of you and said, yeah, that that 118 minutes was exactly what I expected, that that would not happen. That, that doesn't right. – nobody's ever done it, right? Daniel Day-Lewis has turned in the best performances ever made, but none of them were the performance he intended to the day before. Uh, they were all something that was affected by temperature and what the lighting was like and what – sally field said and whatever it's all it's all liquid right you want you want to you want to you want to bend the bullet you want to catch liquid and and flow it and so by the end of it you've got every version of that story every version of that movie has, has passed through you and you don't you can't you can see it you can see the the shot composition and the, the edit quality and the, the, the talent and how you're manipulating what the talent did or didn't do on the day. and da, da, da. You get all of those things. And then you can stand back and you can watch it a hundred times from a, on a big screen in a couch laying down upside down like I did several times. You can watch the movie and then and you can feel it, but you can't see it like somebody seeing it for the first time ever. That's gone from you. It's stolen from you. But I'm trying to say – Even if you do make it, Carlos, you did it. Oh my God, you're a filmmaker. You made a movie. Holy shit. Don Thacker doesn't know what he's talking about. You fucking did it. Oh my God. Even if that's the case, you still are up against what are people going to think of that movie? Are you John Carpenter? Are you one of the most legendary filmmakers ever to be born of all time? And yet people are telling you that your movie that is going to go on to be one of the most legendary movies of literally all time is a piece of shit. And is that going to tank your career for five years? Probably. Yeah, of course. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Because fuck you. I'm sorry, Carlos. Am I John Carpenter? No. Are you John Carpenter? No. Did, did people shit all over John Carpenter and bury him? Yeah. Of course. Of course they did. Even though he made the thing. The thing that everybody loves. <laughs> <laughs> right? I, so it's, yeah. Uh, learn learn your stuff. And uh, every one of these filmmakers, you talk to Scorsese, he'll tell you. And I've never talked to Scorsese. I don't know. He would never talk to me. He would never return a call. I'm sure. Uh, I make a joke. I used to make a joke on when I was doing like a like like a talkie tour, I would make a joke about like calling up um, Tom Cruise. That's a sort of a like, gag, like kind of stand-up moment about talking about calling up Tom Cruise. The truth is, th- I couldn't call the people who could tell me where John- Tom Cruise's people were. <laughs> yeah. No one would respond to me, so I've never talked to Martin Scorsese. But listen to that guy talk, listen to all these filmmakers talk. One thing stands out, no matter what, John Waters to fucking Chris Nolan, they know what the fuck they're talking about, bro. They know they know what the camera does. They know how light works. They know what a light field is. They know they know how to uh, understand their lensing. I think there's one filmmaker that I can talk about that everybody's heard about that doesn't know that shit who's made it only because his personality is so fucking awesome. Uh, Kevin Smith will openly talk about how he doesn't know any of that shit. I'm so <laughs> glad Chris
1: isn't here. <laughs> but that
2: one guy <laughs> does Chris like or dislike? Kevin Smith. He hates him. He hates him. <laughs> I don't hate Kevin Smith as a storyteller. I think Kevin Smith has a very specific. I don't like his movies. That doesn't mean that they're bad, right? Like I don't like cucumbers, but my wife thinks they're the greatest thing on earth and I'll buy her cucumbers all day. Cucumbers. I'm like, I am pro cucumber. I just will never eat one. Um, I, I don't like Kevin Smith movies, man. I've not seen one that I'm like, oh my God, that's the best. Adrian fucking loves those movies. I um, do. <laughs> uh, but I can, I can tell you in watching them, guy knows what the fuck he's doing. Right, he knows how to tell that story. Whether or not I care about that story, I like that story. I like the way that story is told. The guy knows how to get it done, and I think that's that's legit. That guy has an encyclopedic knowledge. Maybe not in lensing, but uh-huh. definitely, or like frame occupancy or whatever. But a hundred percent in like standing up in a jersey and getting Philadelphia to like ejaculate everywhere about what he's saying. That guy <laughs> knows what he's doing, uh, and I think that that guy deserves everything he's got. Uh, I think that you need to you need to. to stake put your stake in the ground and own own something are you a Kevin Smith do you know how to tell the story but you don't necessarily know the cameras that's fine tell the best story ever though make sure that everybody who watches clerks knows in and out whether whether or not they like it that clerks is something special it's lightning in a bottle it's a it's a magical moment that happened right uh, the, you know South Park had that, that that Christmas card the first thing that ever happened in South Park that Christmas card the like the South Park kids versus like Jesus versus Santa Claus or whatever the fuck it was. That's what was, that's what made South Park happen. If you watch that, just that one thing, you know, you get it. Okay, cool. There's something here. I can make 35,000 years of television off of this, right? This one thing, it it exists. Find that thing, man, and hit it. But make sure you know what you're doing. Make sure when they ask you a question, you have the answer.
3: Yeah, I'll say, I'll say uh, just, just talking about, are you the guy who knows the story, but not so much about movies? Uh, in, In my mind, Kevin Smith is a, um, He's a writer who directs movies
1: mm-hmm. don
3: is a director who writes um so but that's great because all of the writing uh he can make it be whatever he sees in his head right so right. but he's 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 don, don is don is a storyteller he's he's a great he's a great uh he's a great director i oh, have to say that thank you.
2: Is this just because I'm going to direct you later? Jeez. Come on, <laughs> so good. Uh, I, I agree, though, what the writing thing. Like, um, Writer-director is like a sought-after thing. It's like diamond in the rough. Holy shit, I can't believe it. You found a guy who's going to like – I don't have to deal with writers now. He's going to do it. Uh, uh, I, I write because I have to. I fucking hate writing. Um, I write what I like, so I'm going to like everything I write right? because right. I'm not going to let something come out that I don't like. But that doesn't mean – it's the the greatest objectively. It's just the thing that I like that I wrote. And I can tell you that the projects that I work on where other people either backboned a script or wrote a script or like gave me something to modify and make into my own thing. Um, those are the best experiences for me. Uh, for me, the worst thing in the world is sitting me in, room in with a room with a blank page and saying, uh, invent something. But because as a professional director, I'm not worried about what story can I tell today? I've got a thousand stories I want to tell, uh, but I can't, I can't right now. Because I'm worried about, well, who's this going to? Who's it going to be in front of? Which which uh, studio is going to see it? How much money are they going to think I'm looking for? Uh, are they going to get to page four and say it's too it's too big, the budget's too big? Uh, am I going to reference a property that somebody else owns in the meeting? And they're going to be like, ah, oh, but somebody else owns that property and it's a big fucking problem. And all these things get in the way. They, like, stepped up. As a director, somebody's like, hey, I I... I I wrote this. I don't care if it's vetted or not. Go, and I'll go in and I'll rewrite some dialogue and I'll rewrite some action and I'll, you know, make this scene work a little bit better in my mind. Better is objective, right? Or subjective rather. It's not objective. There's no objective better. But I'll make it better for my style or whatever. And this is not new. Like this is what, this is what directors do. Remember that movie Millennium with Chris Christopherson? Um, it's about those people who steal people from planes before they're about to die, so those people can go like populate a uh, post-apocalyptic Earth. Mm-hmm. It's a really cool fucking concept but the the short story is like way better uh and if you read the the abridged or unabridged sorry version of the short story it comes with an intro from the writer who talks about how like he watched the story go through like 30 directors and they kept changing and changing and changing and changing and changing and finally millennium came out and millennium is okay it's a medium it's okay. It's fine. Great <laughs> concept, but you can tell if you read the short story, which is only like you know, it's like thirty pages or something. If you read that, it's like, whoa, fuck! This is the coolest idea that's ever happened. But the director gets his grubby little paws in it, and then you hand that to another director and another director, and they they pervert it as it goes. Mm. Uh, for me, the worst thing in the world is to hand me a blank page and a gun, because I will <laughs> definitely write something on that page. It will start with Don's brains. <laughs> 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 it will end with Don's brains. Uh, I hate writing that.
3: That's uh, a, that 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 short story is called Air Raid.
2: Air Raid. I would love to make Air Raid the movie, uh, uh but you know, again, as a I can't just call the guy, because if I call the guy and he he he's around, he does stuff. I can't just call him because a I'm now I know I know the history. I'm a he's gonna ask who I am as a director, where I came from. I, before I can write a a line of dialogue, before I can write an, a line of action, before I can say, ext, airplane crash site. Before I can start typing, I, I'm thinking about, well, who owns the rights? Who owns the – the how was the, the story optioned? How long was it optioned for? Was it in perpetuity? Was the was the option for the short story content or was it for a derivative work of the short story? Is the short story still alive? Da, 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 forever. I know that the yeah. audio book just came out. So now i got to worry about who owns the rights to the – the the telling of the story just all the shit that i don't as a director i'm not i shouldn't even have my hands in. producers know that shit way better than i do but i just i sit in front of that page and i'm like fuck man how am i supposed to write any of this we're recently on a like i said we're in a pitch run and we don't i can't get these producers to give me like a budget range right and uh if you're the producers that i'm talking to right now you're listening i'm not talking about you i'm talking about some other producer don't worry (laughs) but i can't get these producers to give me a budget range and so they're like tell me what the story is i'm like well i mean the story can take place in one like little facility or it can take place across the whole state depending on how much money you want to give me there's enough story there you know what i mean and uh i'm worried as a writer i can't do it and and what's cool about writers is they'll like they'll live with their parents they'll live in their car they'll live in a wonderful apartment that they furnish from all their cool writing stuff uh whatever it doesn't really matter and they'll just think to themselves oh I got an idea. What if Godzilla was like a planet? Planet Godzilla. And I'll just start writing, right? And if you were to tell me like write Planet Godzilla, I'd be like, cool. What's the budget? Because I can right. write Planet Godzilla, the story about a kid who does a stop motion animation in his bedroom, or I can do Planet Godzilla, the story about a Godzilla who's also a planet. You know what I mean? Right. And I feel like I feel like that's a big stopping point for me as a professional director, and it, it's killing my ability to 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 make movies because people are like, show me the world. Give me everything. Write true romance. I'm like when true romance was written, Quentin Tarantino was working at a video store. He didn't he he write anything you want. Right now, as a working director, it's like an impediment. Write anything. Well, I can't, because you're gonna look at it and you're gonna tell me, Well, I don't have that money, or we can't get that guy, or like that's too done, or you use this word instead of that word, and all this other shit. So as a director, I love it when somebody goes, Here's a script, it's been vetted, let's go. Cool, man, let's go. Let's go. <laughs> let's do it Also, i hope you don't want to ever live with somebody who likes movies because you're going to ruin their life you're going to tell them everything that ever happened in the made a, in the making of a movie is going to change everything forever for them uh you're never going to look at a movie the same i mean you probably don't already you sound like you're already making movies that's great so you can't look at them you can't the, every once in a while once in a blue moon every fucking 35 movies i watch there's a movie where like for like three minutes i'll be like fuck i'm in this universe holy shit <laughs> and then the rest of it is like oh why'd they cut there like why is the hair sticking out of that guy's ear? They, they they digitally removed the sign off the door, but they didn't re- digitally remove the hair in the guy's ear. Why are you doing that? Like just all this stuff is gonna constantly be there as a film director. But um, I think when you make it when you're making it, you don't see you can't see it objectively. It's impossible. It's the most subjective thing in the world, especially if other people have their hands in it. If you have other great talents in it working on it, so by the end you look at this thing. It's just a thing now. Um. You ever, you ever do that thing where like you, you have a, a friend. I, I met Adrian we worked together on several projects and then I went off and did a thing for like seven years and Adrian went off and did another thing for like seven years. We, were, we did not hang out. We talked every once in a while, but like we came back together to work on a thing. And when I saw him, he looked different. not granted it's been seven years, but like he looked entirely different. Like his, my brain had like, with my experience of looking at images of him and looking at him in the different roles that we did, that's all I had of Adrian, right? Adrian the person was an objective thing, walking around doing his own thing. And when I saw him again for the first time, my brain was like, oh yeah, okay. I can see how that's Adrian, but it doesn't look like what my brain did in that seven year period. Pervert to the idea of what Adrian looks like. I don't mean just like physically, just like the concept of Adrian had changed. Um, And I think the truth is, Everybody watching your movie for the first time is going to see the seven year Adrian version, not the not the version you just stepped off the set with. They're gonna see the thing that you can't see. Every single one of them is gonna see the thing you can't see. so when i when it was first said that the movie was a horror movie, I, I recoiled because I just spent all this money and time and energy and family members put money in and this business thing happened and it's just so much effort and love and care and time and whatever and and somebody is like, and, and and I, you get to the point where you put so much in, or at least when you're a young filmmaker. I was – it was 10 years ago, like or 11 years ago, like I said. So And we made it like 12, 13 years ago. It just took a while to get into distribution or into festivals. So like almost 15 years ago this happened, and I'm I, – I just – I couldn't – I had an idea of what it should be, and I couldn't accept any other idea for like 10 minutes <laughs> until somebody said, famous person who's in the horror industry loves your movie. At which point it was like cool i guess it's that uh but you need you need that audience you need to watch audience they have they have uh i went to we took motivation growth to paris the european independent film festival where we won by the way thank you um we won best foreign film which is weird because we're not foreign <laughs> for the <laughs> united states we're exceptional uh-huh. um <laughs> but we won best 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 foreign feature and um they have this in at least in the theater i was in it's, it's a screening theater and they had a special chair for the director i thought it was so cool that because it was like a special chair i don't actually sit on a set i don't care about a director's chair but this this special chair was at like a 45 degree angle in the corner in the back and the seat you could if you sat in the seat and just looked dead forward the left side of your your perspective was the the uh screen and the right side was the audience right mm-hmm. and it was made specifically for you to watch the audience watching your movie and oh. that might be a hoity toity film thing that everybody knows. and I didn't know at the time, but like, I was blown away. They sat me in the seat and I'm like, what the fuck? And it was like the third festival we gone to. And I was like, Oh my God, let's go. I just watched people watch the movie. And it, it was like, it was like 25 years of film school, every screening. I just got to watch how they responded to this one line, this other line, this other line. And what's funny is people were laughing in places I didn't think, were as funny as it seemed. And they were not laughing at a bunch of points that I thought were like the most hilarious, obvious. And all this is, this is all this is, this is all not new. And every, every, everybody who's done any kind of art will tell you this, but I was new at the time. and Oh my God, I can't believe it. The thing I did wasn't exactly what everybody saw. But you know, people say perception is reality though I do not agree with this. I do know that is some people believe it. And I think that they think that this is the way it is for them. So they'll watch your movie. They'll watch visual growth. And they say that's the most pompous. I remember reading a review once, somebody said the writer must think he's the coolest guy. Listen to all these references and nerd. And I was like, no, I don't. I actually think I'm kind of shitty. I should have made it by now. <laughs> like if I was great, <laughs> I would be further along. Um, n- No, what the character that I'd written, Ian, the reason he's caught is because he's full of himself. The whole thing's about Ian. Whole world's about Ian, about how smart and cool and hip he is. And he's he's living in his little slovenly depression. But it's a it's a depression of convenience, man. He's obviously got he's able to pay for everything. He, he mm-hmm. can pay rent. Like when when you think he doesn't have the rent in the movie, Box is like, I need that rent. You're like, oh, this guy's on hard times. No, he's not. He's got all the money. He said it. He's like, I actually have all the money. I just I don't want to go outside. Mm-hmm. That's a that's an arrogant prick, that guy. You're not supposed to love the guy, you're supposed to see him turn. You're supposed to see him change, right? But if, if your review is that in the beginning of the movie, he looked at the camera and says a pompous shit, that's not the writer being a pompous dick. That's the <laughs> character being a pompous dick. And uh, but but it's interesting to hear, like to hear that perspective that somebody watched that and was like, This Don Thacker guy, man, he thinks he's the greatest. I'm like, bro, come come live with me for a minute. You <laughs> can see how how lowly I do believe myself to be. Um
0: that's kind I, of a weird comment though yeah, wow yeah
2: it is but 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 those comments are as valuable as somebody saying i really liked how uh you guys did um the upside down couch shot for instance that uh, was good well you know what's funny about that shot <laughs> uh did you guys see miss marvel i yeah. did it's been a while but yeah they had a they had a shot that's that shot and there's like a bts oh, commentary yeah. about how they made that shot Mm-hmm. And I'm like, listen, it's not – that's a new shot. That's a shot nobody done, has done before. I made that shot up. And it's not outside of the realm of possibility that these two post-indie filmmakers who got a shot making a TV show, it's not outside of the realm of possibility that these people saw that movie. I just mm-hmm. wish they would have called me. <laughs> like, hey, dude, can we – we're going to do this shot. What do you think? Because there, there's, a, there's a YouTube video how they made, quote, that shot, unquote. And if you look at it, it is one-to-one our shot. Yeah, on the couch rolls back on the couch, and the whole thing. The camera goes upside down, flips down, then spins back up, and she stands up. It's the whole thing. And I was like, "What the fuck, bro?" Uh, but yeah, it's it's interesting to see uh, what people think. You gotta you gotta understand what people think of your movie. Uh, so, like I was saying, it's it, it's just as good. The comment is just as meaningful. If the person's like the writer's a pompous dick, uh, that tells me as a writer that I wasn't able to put up enough. You don't think that Martin Scorsese, now granted he didn't he doesn't write those movies, but he's a filmmaker. You don't think that he is a mobster, right? He right. must be a mobster because the the movie, the something some element of the writing carries enough um, disbelief
1: mm-hmm. or
2: suspension of disbelief rather, but it carries enough a, a flavor of movie watching that you know that that's not Martin Scorsese giving a treatise on being a person. And I think right. that motivational growth obviously failed there. It didn't separate the text. From the image, and maybe it's because the character was talking directly into the camera, right? Like that's a problem. But I, I like he, that. Yeah, I, like I really I like was, that. I thought it was neat. I thought it was an idea to like make you engage with this character who is otherwise in his head the whole time. So he's, mm-hmm. he's not actually. We talked, Adrian, and I talked about this during the movie. He's not talking to you. He's not talking right. to the, the audience. He's talking to himself. Right. But and and he even there are some there are some tells in a later part of the film when he talks to the camera where he, it's very obvious he's just having an internal monologue right but you know watching a guy sit on his couch scratch his balls and talk to himself did not seem like the way to start a movie for me at the <laughs> time. So, yeah so i think you need those you need to hear what everybody says and and honestly over time it hurts at first at first you want to jump off a fucking bridge at first you want to f- go spend fucking thirty thousand dollars get first class in an airplane blow the door and jump out with no parachute when you start reading the terrible comments about your shit now granted our comment ratio is very good like, I'm very happy with the people who like the movie. The number of people who like the movie, if we were to put those on a battlefield, the people who like the movie would win by a landslide. If they were to get into like a, a a Braveheart style Scottish battlefield battle, they would overrun the people who fucking hate the movie. But right. but I, I I care about all of their opinions are super important, all of them, mm-hmm. all of them. Except the ones where like Don Thacker's a dick and they don't tell me why I'm a dick. I agree, <laughs> I'm probably a dick, but like I want to know why. I want to fix it i want to change it i want to help it you know i want to i want to grow i think that learning to grow uh from your stuff is important but carlos filmmaker bro do me a favor when somebody says that your movie is a piece of shit it's the worst thing they ever saw it looks like garbage sounds like garbage smells like garbage the acting was terrible and the director should shoot himself don't shoot yourself bro make the oh, next I, movie i'm looking forward to it <laughs> <Make some nice laughs> they will say it. it doesn't matter people people quentin tarantino was on joe rogan sorry uh he was on joe rogan recently <laughs> Um, and, uh, he has a whole thing about, like, what when people shit on his movies. He doesn't care. Be Quentin Tarantino. I think that's the goal. Be Quentin Tarantino inside. Have that whatever. There's something Quentin Tarantino has that I've never seen another filmmaker before, and I don't know where the fuck it comes from. I wish I knew. I wish I could learn. I wish I could just sit and stare at that guy. Because there is a self-respect <laughs> that that guy has. I'm not saying ego. I'm not saying pompous, toxic bullshit. There is a self knowledge that that guy has that is just i mean people say he's a great film director i think he's a he knows himself better than i've ever known anybody to know themselves like watching that guy talk uh watch learn from him how to deal with people who hate you basically it's like fuck those guys like that's what he says but he (laughs) says it in this like I, i'm like no those are people they have opinions and opinions matter and like people matter and they're humans and all of them are probably better than me and they're all gonna tell me how terrible i am and everything's the worst and i'm gonna <laughs> stop doing this forever except i can't right carlos because i'm gonna make it like you are gonna make it all right guys i think i've like taken up all of your time and i'm getting pinged by my <laughs> producer that i'm 16 minutes late in a meeting I'm oh shit to. i love you guys this is so cool
0: well, we hope to have you back when we can hear what you're doing oh,
2: yeah. one day. As soon as those things and, are announced, I'll let you guys know. And then Adrian
0: should come back too, and then he can talk too next time.
2: Yes. yes. <laughs> That'd be great. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I apologize, you guys. No, no, it's no, fine. It was, Sometimes I just
3: get sit here and listen and enjoy and forget that I'm part of a thing.
2: <laughs> all right. Listen and, to the 10-year anniversary commentary on Motivational Growth. Adrian talks a lot during that. Like a lot. Yeah. He dogs a lot. You just watched you watch two two hours of that guy talking. Why do you gotta listen to him more?
0: He is go- <laughs> he is so good. Isn't he though? He's he so is good. so good. I'm He's and so I'm good. telling you, there are gonna be people who look at that and they're gonna be like, I'm gonna be an actor. I'm like, Oh no. Yeah. Oh guy, no.
2: You don't that guy that guy he is I, I'm working with him forever for a reason. He's the like I've I've hitched my terrible broken falling apart stagecoach to like one of the best fucking racehorses on the planet that guy's gonna kill he's killing it already he's killing it in this project we're doing he's the best actor in the project we're doing he's gonna fucking kill it in the future i'm proud to work with the guy so yes everything that that kimberly you just said watching motivational growth is watching an acting showcase with this kid and i'm proud to be able to work with him Oh man,
0: we're we're really
2: (laughs) glad to have both of you here yeah, my producer was have like, stuff you going not be late. And I was like, I'm not going to be late. Don't worry. I'm there. I'm going to say nothing. <laughs> <laughs> That's never happened in the history of ever.
0: This is the number one place for Maccabish cults, classics, and horrors. For synopsis, reviews, and news,
1: go to macabre.com. Thank you for listening. Signing out. Until the next one.